Welcome to another edition of the Global Fly Fisher Podcast. Uh, today is uh, November 24th. It's a Saturday. Um, this is Steve Schweitzer, and we are uh, taking the Gill Trail into the South Platte Canyon of, uh, of Colorado. Uh, Cheeseman Canyon, actually, is what it's called for the South Platte River. And uh, I've got my family with me. I'm on school break. Uh, many of you know that I've started my MBA, and uh, that's taken a lot of time away from everything else I've done with my family and personal life. But since I have a break until January 5th, I thought we'd take a hike in today and see what it's all about. Um, I've got my stepson with me, Colin, who's almost 13, and my wife, Carrie. Uh, Colin and I are going to do some fishing. You can hear that stream that we just crossed. A little stream that uh, comes down the road just outside the canyon here. And my wife is with me, and we're going to uh, enjoy a beautiful sunny day. There's not a cloud in the sky. Uh, it's a bit brisk. It's uh, just a little bit afternoon. It's probably about 1 o'clock, actually. And uh, we'll, just, we'll just see what we can get ourselves into. But uh, as I was telling my family on the way in on this uh, hike, that this canyon, this river, this section of river, has really endured a lot over the past uh, maybe 15 to 20 years. A couple fires uh, have impacted the river, most notably the Hayman Fire, which uh, happened about five years ago. Um, just devastated the river and turned the river into a, a gray, murky watershed uh, with all the silt um, and the uh, ash debris that was put into the river. Haven Fire was one of the worst fires ever in Colorado. I'll try to put some pictures on um, from when I came down here a few years ago to see some of the damage. I've got some pretty devastating pictures of what the river looked like with the uh, black silt, gray silt, just uh, just damaging to the river. Um, you probably hear me uh, breathing hard. It's because I've got a pack on full of boots and waders and lunches and water and our fly fishing gear. And I'm taking that steep hike on the Gill Trail up the canyon wall. I shouldn't say wall, but up the canyon slope uh, so it can drop down into the South Platte River. And of course, since I've been doing my studies, I haven't been used to or accustomed to uh, hiking as much. So I breathe heavier. <laughs> and it's the day after Thanksgiving, so of course I'm loaded with turkey. <laughs> uh, in any case, back to what I was saying with the river just enduring a lot. It's an amazing story, the survival of this river. Um, with the Hayman Fire, I got the New Zealand mud snail, got whirling disease, and now we've got the pine beetle, which the pine beetle is a new epidemic that's just devastating much of the uh, tall pine timber in Colorado. Um, 
one beetle will bore into the bark of this these tall pine trees. I know there's certain species that it ignores and some others that the pine beetle favors. But it will kill the tree and lay eggs in there and then they hatch, come out to the surface, fly off to find the new living tree. So it's, it's just like a mass plague. You can see year over year how the beetles have moved. We heard some statistics a while back that it takes uh, well, half a dozen to 10 days of like negative 20 degree temperatures or negative 10 degree temperatures, don't quote me on that, to uh, kill the larva. They're, they're, pretty, uh, they're pretty tolerable of uh, extreme temperatures. So while it gets cold in the Colorado uh, woods, <laughs> it doesn't get that cold for that long. Uh, so either we hope for some sort of man-made intervention to work to stop these beetles, or we hope for extreme cold winter, just one winter like that to kill these bugs off. So four things have really impacted this stream over the number of years, and yet it's still a world-class fishery with uh, you know, 12 pound rainbows in here, 25, 28 inches, some reaching 30 inches. The Kamloops rainbows are what they are. Um, most of them come out of the Wigwam Club, which is on the downstream side of the canyon. And, uh, you know, these rainbows come from a private, private club where they stock them, the Kamloops variety. Some of them escape and they work their way upstream. And there's a certain few sections that hold these rainbows and they're just gorgeous. Big, big, heavy, thick shouldered rainbows. And uh, I've hooked into probably eight of them this past spring over the course of a couple trips. Um, I have yet to land one have to use 6x type tippet, um, long leaders so that fly um, just, just reacts naturally to the movement of the water. There's so many microcurrents in this river that, that fly has to go with them. And usually you're using size 22, size 24 flies, sometimes 18 and 20s uh, on, a, on a big day. <laughs> and flies that work well are the Flashback RS2, uh, standard tan RS2. Um, that fly was tied by Rim Chung. And uh, I had the opportunity to sit with him and have dinner with him one evening at a uh, TU uh, um, meeting that I was giving a pre presentation uh, to. And he happened to show up. And he called me a few days prior. Uh, at the time, I think many of you know that I used to work for Whiting Farms, and he said I would like to have some of these very special feathers to use to tie my RS2s. So I searched high and low, grabbed him a little bit to tie his his, uh, his special RS2s, and in exchange he gave me two dozen of his flies, some of which I've used 
and half of which I've kept back because it's a it's a very very special and effective pattern here in Colorado uh, and I know that the pattern is really caught on worldwide so it was it was just great to sit and talk with him and how he developed it um, and there's many theories as to the name I have yet to ask him about it but really simple number two really small number two uh, I've heard of other few variations hence the name RS2 we're entering a, a steeper section of the trail right now it's really pressing me to breathe. Got the rest of the family coming along. Here comes Colin. I'll take a break here for a second because it looks like we met uh, or we lost my wife Carrie. We're walking so fast in the trail. There she is. So I'm going to pause the recording and uh, catch our breath, catch up with Carrie, and uh, we'll move on on this trail. just run by there. Got my infamous fishing dog Rookie with me. She just goes crazy when she sees us getting our waders and our fly rods uh, put together and packed up in the truck. She knows what that means. There's a uh, snow that fell oh three four days ago about three inches here in the canyon, not much. Just enough to make it neat to walk on the trail and snow covered everything. Not a cloud in the sky. Snow's glistening. It really does put you in the holiday spirit when you see stuff like this. My wife Carrie has the camera today. She's a, she has a pretty good eye for photography. So we'll see what kind of pictures she gets for us and I'll post them next to this uh, podcast. Hopefully we can even capture a few movies of catching some fish today. Colin, uh, my stepson, being 13, has just about... Uh, finished his first full year of, of fly fishing. Of course, we live close to the Big Thompson Canyon and the Big Thompson River, about an hour north of Denver. And we're about an hour south of Denver today, so it's quite a drive for us just to come here. A uh, friend of mine who I used to play guitar with has a blues band now, and uh, we plan on doing a great hike today. And uh, then coming out in the evening and uh, going and seeing his band play tonight, having dinner in the town of Castle Rock. But uh, back to Colin. Um, he's got his own waders and boots, and he's all set to go. He uses the flies that I pretty much tell him to use. Um, but he's getting there. Has a great nymphing technique and. Um, knows how to be stealthy and sneak up on fish. He's really a, a student of fishing. 
and uh, he has the fever, he has the bug. And it's just wonderful to see uh, young people like that uh, take to this. So it's, it's also a way that he and I can enjoy some time together uh, when he's staying with us. And of course, his father loves to fish too, so it's a, it's a great way to get us all out and enjoy the family life. So now I'm at the top of the canyon uh, walk and it's all downhill from here. Uh, going into uh, the Cheeseman Canyon. I'm standing right in front of a board. We'll grab a picture of this and put it on the on the website. Brand new board actually that shows the map of the river and types of trout you can catch in here um, and the distances along the way. So uh, thanks to the TU groups that put this together. Um, primarily uh, Denver Water, the U.S. Forest Service, and the uh, Trout Unlimited Group, uh, local to Denver. All right, we'll cut it off here, and uh, we'll join you most likely back on the stream as we're ready to fish. the San Juan worm with a little RS2 underneath of it. And I rigged up using uh, something similar. Second cast, I kind of fouled it up and lost it in the stream, so I re-rigged with an egg on top and a bar emerger, about size 22 on the bottom. And uh, uh, about the second cast after I did that, I got, a, oh, maybe a 12 or 13 inch brown. Um, so it was a, a good choice to take, a good pattern. And we're just kind of fishing uh, little sections that we notice that, are, um, that have fish in them. We see a lot of small fish. That's awesome to see. I haven't seen this many small fish, so I'm talking three, four inches. Oops, I just had a take. I'm fishing behind a big boulder in some really slack water. It's really deep. And just letting that fly just drift and drift and drift. I got a little bit of weight on it uh, to get it down. Uh, but uh, I'm getting hung up quite a bit too. So I definitely get on the bottom and that's that's where the fish are today. The sun is bright and it's just pounding down on the water. Fishing a hole that a guy fished about a half hour ago and got a nice one out. Probably about an 18 inch uh, rainbow. Uh, so, I thought I'd come back into this place. He, he left the hole. Ah, oh, yeah, I think that was a tangle. I thought I had one the way the strike indicator. My feather bobber. Um, the way it moved. Yeah, what a beautiful day to fish. I know there's fish in here. I know there's fish in here. I'll just let you listen to the stream along with me for a little bit. I might talk, I might not. But definitely is a gorgeous uh, place to be if you've never been in the South Platte Canyon, uh, Cheeseman Canyon, South Platte River, I'm sorry to say. Um, it's definitely a place to visit. There's nothing else for a, a great hike. 
you don't fly fish. myself closer and closer to the boulder getting under that undercut is more and more that I can and we'll see if we hook up on one I know it works I see Colin he's trying to wade across he's doing a pretty good job he's a pretty good wader I've taught him the basics about wading in fast water and keep your knees upstream take your time never cross your feet and he does a great job with his with his uh, boots are a little quirky on him. He's not used to walking in wading boots. Well, a couple more casts here and then I'll go over and meet him. He's definitely fishing good water. He knows how to read a seam. It's, it's just really coming natural to him and that's it's just awesome to see. One more cast through here and let's see what happens. I mean, I don't have enough weight on. We really gotta get down on under these boulders to get those big lunkers that lie in there. Oh. I think there's a take. All right, I'm going to do another cast. You just never know. That looked pretty good. All right, I'll try it one more time. That's the tail of a fly fisherman, isn't it? It's always the optimist. The next cast is it. You never know. You never know. All right, that's good. We're going to go move on. I'm the second one that's fished this in an hour, and these, these fish are big and wary. So most likely, they've seen enough meals come by with strings attached to their butts, and they say, oh, that doesn't look real. That's not really what I want to see. So I'm going to take my line in here, and I can see one problem right now. I've got my weight slid down. Okay, let's uh, walk over and see Colin. And let's go upstream a little bit. See if we can get into a fish. Oh, I just scared one. There you go, about a 10 incher. Hard to see him in this water. The sun is, it's not as high as it is in the summer. So it's, it's kind of, I would say it's at, uh, it's probably at, oh, from the horizon, 35, 40 degrees. So it's coming at an angle such that there's a lot of glare, and even polarized lenses don't cut through this. Uh, so you have to be right on the water, on top of it to see down through it. And by that time, you're pretty much too close to the fish. All right, I'm gonna turn this thing off, and I've learned a big lesson from my fellow uh, Global Fly Fisher partner, Martin Jorgensen, uh, to keep all electronics safe and dry when you're waiting around. just uh, had a, uh, a rather large fish, probably about 20 inches. It was definitely a rainbow. I saw it curl at the surface. Take the egg on top, and before you know it, I turned around. Colin has a fish. He's about uh, 50 yards upstream of me now. He got a little, a little brown. So that's awesome to see. He did it all himself. He picked out the water himself. 
He's doing great. I'm so glad he got a fish. It's a reward for uh, the diligence and his cold feet. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a winter day here. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, definitely winter's setting in, in in Colorado. We've got snow, like I said, we've got snow around the canyon here. And I mean, I'm fishing some water here. I should be getting a fish, but we'll see. Fishing some slack water be, um, in between two rocks, two boulders, really. I shouldn't say rocks. I should be getting, I should be getting a strike. I'll keep this running just in case. Get another fish on. You can be part of that as well. keep on working this seam. I'm working it about six inches out every time I cast. So, and I, I keep on working into the water, or walking into the water that I fish. Probably shouldn't be doing that because, excuse me, because fish uh, tend to move quite frequently in this river. And just because they're not there one minute, doesn't mean that they're not gonna be there the next. And you can continually fish the same water and get some different fish. They can just move around looking for feeding zones that are open. And vacant. And if you know one fish leaves, well, that opens up the uh, feeding zone for another fish. And he didn't know I was fishing there, so he moves on in, and I have a whole new fish to fish for. And so I've kind of ruined that by walking into that zone where I hooked that uh, large 20-incher. Uh, um, he had two head shakes, and he took just just uh, flipped the the fly right out, um, but I, I had him bent on the rod, and that's, that's the point of fly fishing, right? The point of fly fishing is not necessarily to catch a fish, it's to fool them into thinking what you have on the end of your line is something they want to eat, and if they do take it, then that's, you've reached the goal. If you land it, that's the bonus, and that's what I try to tell Colin is, if you fooled the fish, you've done your job. And the next thing then is to land it safely uh, without harming the fish and get it back in the water. Um, so he's very aware of that. I'm going to move out of this little zone here. And I'm going to go up a little bit and fish the seam that I got the fish in originally, that, uh, that smaller brown. Try it again, because like I said, these fish move around frequently. And who knows, might be a fish in there. This river, if the water level's up, I don't know what the flow is, but I'll check that when I um, go back tonight. I'll go on the web and check it. The flow is up, and the river's up. The river's looking good. So if there's any fish to be caught, we'll definitely have plenty of seams to fish, because normally, in the summer, the flows are lower, and um, the holding water that we're fishing today isn't usually available. So, oh, I'm down to, my, some of my split shot fell off. That's probably why I'm not getting deep enough. I'm not getting caught up like I used to. So I re-rigged after I lost my entire rig, and I put on an egg on top, and I put a, um, 
Sparkle Wing RS2 on the bottom, and that is just the ticket for this river. Uh, that or a San Juan worm on top. But that's kind of like the go-to uh, tandem if you want to fish this river. Is a uh, like a um, San Juan worm on top and a Sparkle Wing RS2 on the bottom. And if that doesn't work, then you start uh, changing out color combinations. Um, but that usually is the ticket. Uh, bar emergers uh, also work. That's what we got. Uh, a couple of fish on. I think that's what Colin has on right now, so that's what he got his fish on. A little brown, I believe. Was, he's too far away to, to see, but I did take a picture of it. So, all right, I fished that enough. Colin's coming back to meet me, so let's go up and see what he's all about. He might need some more, another fly. That's usually what, he, what it means when he comes back to me. I need more flies, he says. So let me, uh, Pull my rig in and stop the recorder, tuck it away safely, and I'll be back with you shortly. Just moved up. Okay. Brucky! Stay. Okay. I see that little bug right there. Little midge that just emerged. Alright. See Brucky over there? Okay. Well, so Colin and I have just happened upon uh, some water. Um, and I'm going to try to get Colin to get a fish here. Let me look at your rig, Colin. So I'm just going to leave the recorder going, and I'm going to play guide for a little bit. And let's see. You've got plenty of weight. you got a bar emerger. No, you have... I'm going to put a different fly on the bottom for you, okay? Okay. We'll see what happens here. And you've got enough distance between your strike indicator and the bottom fly. I think you're fishing the right depth. This is a, where we're fishing here. This is a lot of big fish living here too. So, and if you get a strike, that strike indicator will just hesitate. Okay, it won't. It won't go down like a bobber. It just stops just for a second. And that's what we're looking for. Okay. You can talk if you want. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna put on a bar emerger. That's what I got my fish on. Yeah, Ricky's a crazy dog. I hope I have some. Oops. Hope I have some time this uh, winter to tie some flies between classes. I'm running low on some of my small stuff that'll work on this stream. This guy on rookie, rookie, back, 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 back. All right, good. Stay. I just uh, healed nope. her. Nope. Up. Stay. 
There we go. I just uh, called her back from another fly fisherman. She's on the other shore, and she just can't stand it when she's separated from me. And so she went down to the other fly fisherman and stood behind him, just like uh, she does with me. And I don't want her bugging other fly fishermen, even though she's a great companion to have in the stream. I don't want her bugging. No, so, ah, back. No, back, back. She listens really well. She's moving back about 20 yards now. There we go. She's doing a great job. All right, Colin, I think you're set up. I'm going to put my rod down, and I want to walk out with you. Now, how would you fish this before we do anything? Let's watch. Let's figure this out. Okay. Oh, there's your mom. I see her up there on the cliff. All right, here's oh, how yeah. I'm going to do a practice cast to show you where to go, and then I want you to do the same thing, okay? We don't need to go too far in because the fish are going to be right out there. So we're going to go right there. All right, just let that thing go, and you keep, this, keep the line out of the water and just the strike indicator in the water, okay? Just like that. Oh, oh. We're hitting the bottom. All right, you see that strike indicator? Can you still see it? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna check your fly if we hit the bottom. Uh, looks like we're clean. And we just do it again. Brookie, no? Just like that, there's fish laying right in this little seam. Okay. And uh, probably we're just dragging, dragging on the bottom. Okay, so you try that. Okay, you got too much line out, so let pull some line in and lower your rod tip. There you go. Now, cast back up again. All right, you got to get some more line out. There you go. This guy's fishing. He's fishing a good scene. He's a, he knows what he's doing. There you go. Good job. Good job. All right, and then if you want, go ahead and fish all, fish close to that rock so you can move into here until you feel uncomfortable and waiting if it's too deep. Okay, you're, all right, so go ahead and cast, cast a little closer to that rock so that the fly goes on the other side of that seam. Okay, you've got a lot of weight on it, so you may have to pull some line in and actually cast it. There you go, good job. That's all the line you need out right there. You can pull some of that line in if you want. Good job. Good drift. That's awesome. You do that, you're gonna get some fish. That's good stuff right there. I'm gonna walk on down here. I'm gonna fish above you, okay? And then, oh, what was that? Wasn't a fish? It looked like one. Rookie, stay, stay. Boy, I wish I could whistle like Martin. That would get her attention. I can't whistle without using my fingers. And uh, I hope she's not bothering you. Good deal, thanks. She doesn't like to be separated from me. But uh, she listens pretty well. Back.
Yeah, I'm fishing in total blind water now, meaning I, I don't really see any fish. Um, but there's a potential that the oh oh there's one. Yeah, I thought I was hung up. Yeah, first cast. What do we have? A little brown. I'll get a picture of this guy. Oh, he's nice. That's a nice size brown. I wish Colin would get a fish. So, he took the barrier merger again. Just like the guy in the fly shop said, it was, uh, it was the fly to have. We're gonna bring him up here. Uh, his jaw's deformed a little bit. Let's see if I can get a picture of that for, for everyone. Oh, I don't know. He's probably 16 inches, maybe. I don't know. It's, um, I might even be exaggerating. Probably 15 or 14, to be honest with you. There. Settle down there, fish. Settle down. Settle down. There we go, got a picture of him for the website. I'll put my camera back in again, learning lessons from Martin. Keep your electronic gear nice and safe. He took the fly right on the edge of the lip, perfect. So we're gonna take the fly off. I apologize if I'm bumping the microphone. I really haven't uh, mastered. Oh, 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 slow down, fish. Oh, 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 oh mastered uh, recording and fly fishing at the same time. Are you okay? Alright. There. Got a nice fish. Nice uh, brown trout. Actually aiming for those uh, rainbow that are in here because those get bigger. We're fishing some good water. Colin? I want you to be safe, okay? You've got your water going up to your elbows. That's probably pretty deep. That's deep enough. He's a daring little little waiter. He's not afraid. He wants fish. He's not afraid to get in there and get fish. So. Brookie's across the stream. She's yelping I'm like, like, she wants to get in here with me. He can't stand it. <laughs> I feel bad that I'm taking all the water that Colin should be fishing. I'm actually putting him on the best water, and I'm fishing like the second tier water. Um, he's learning. He's getting the fly down. He'll be rewarded. He'll get a fish. Maybe not today, but he'll be rewarded with his technique. He's really doing well. I'm to check my fly. Sounds kind of bad, doesn't it? Check my fly. Rookie. I don't know if you can hear that. She's she can't just she just can't stand it. She needs to be next to me.
No, Brookie, no. Colin, you want to come up here and keep on working up? Everything. Well, that's a good time to stop the microphone. Retie on. I mean, I lost everything. So that'll take me a few minutes to re-rig and we'll stop the recorder and, and see if we can get another fish. ago and I decided to meet up with him. He, he had his rig on. I said let me fish this little section here he just fished and I had a uh, oh you know a, a fairly good sized rainbow. It, it had um, that red paint stripe on the side of it. It came clear out of the water but I had hooked onto him and he took it looks like he took the egg. He took the egg uh, which is the top fly um, like like abandoned, uh, without re with reckless abandon, <laughs> and uh, just about uh, ripped the rod out of my hand. Um, he was dead determined to get that fly. Uh, so I'm going to put on something very similar again, my entire outfit. Colin, I've got him fishing that water now, and we'll see what happens. Colin's getting some good drifts in there. I think he just needs to be shown where to fish. Because he's fishing a little more uh, close to him than I would like. He needs to be out a little farther. So That's a good job, Colin. Good drifts. You're doing exactly the right thing. Perfect. That's, those are beautiful drifts. If you want, get a little closer in there. So I'm tying on a egg pattern uh, made with hot melt glue because I want it to sink and I tie it uh, I, I use orange did you have a hit good job I mean that's that water is just infested with fish good that's a good drift okay, so back to the egg I, I tie a little bit of a ball of red thread on an egg hook and then I uh, put a dollop of um, uh, Salmon, a salmon orange uh, hot dog glue on it, and I'm tying this on like size 18 hooks, so very small eggs to imitate uh, brown brown trout eggs. Um, Colin, you're getting good drifts. That's excellent. You're right where they need to, where you need to be. That's excellent. Just keep on doing that because they'll see it every so often. Nah, I think you got caught in a rock there. So I'm using, uh, what is this, 5X fluorocarbon on the bottom. Um, 
in lieu of a, a smaller tippet just to give me an advantage on some of these bigger fish. I broke off the two larger fish that I have hooked today. And that's, the t that's typically the case here. You're going to break off a lot of fish on this river, uh, particularly if you're fishing um, the right flies in the, on the right day. Um, they're going to go after it, uh, but it's going to be a battle to try to get them. Uh, I did not bring my net today, uh, so a little worried about that because if we do land a fish, we're going to either break it off to save its life if it starts to uh, wither on us or land it quickly, and that's highly unlikely that's going to happen. So, all right, I got one last Sparkle RS2 in my box, and after that, we're going to go to other experimental patterns that, are, that look similar, but... Uh, don't have the same characteristics as the Sparkle Wing RS2. Uh oh, get her untangled. Alright, tying on my bottom fly right now. I think you can hear the water behind me. It's just, just gorgeous. Gorgeous, uh, gorgeous canyon. I'll try to post some pictures of the canyon as well. Uh, I haven't been taking too many pictures today. I've been fishing. But, uh, I'm going to put a little bit of split shot on, just a couple, just to get me down. I forgot. I usually use um, moldable uh, weight. I put one split shot on and then put moldable weight over it. Uh, but I forgot that today. As I found that moldable weight in cold weather is much more difficult to manage. So you have to keep that um, in your a shirt pocket close to your body to keep it warm and pliable otherwise you're not going to really work on uh, you know get that stuff to work too easily it's tough to to manage it's like molding you know, frozen dough uh, but if it stays warm and you can get it on uh, keep it in your shirt pocket it will uh, be pliable enough to be able to put over a piece of split shot and you just put on a tiny tiny split shot where you want that uh, weight to go and then you put just a, a touch of that stuff on. Now I'm talking that tungsten moldable stuff. So that stuff has a lot of weight to it. All right, Colin. I'm going to go on out in here, okay? Uh, over on the other side. That's okay. That's all right. If you, I'm going to fish this right here before I walk through it, okay? So I'm probably only about 10 yards down from him. Um, we're fishing a, a tight little spot here definitely has water in it uh, that holds fish, but I don't want him to uh, cast, cast my way. Sometimes he gets so excited to fish, he forgets where he's casting. He forgets his, uh, where his back cast is going. All right. I've fished this enough. I'm going to walk right in it. I got I to gotta cast right where that fish, where those fish are going to be. Now, why is that current doing that? That current's funky right there. I think I'm going to get out of it a little bit. It wants to pull the fly right towards me, and I don't want that. There we go. Get out of that current. That's a good drift. Where are you, fish? Don't you see a good drift when you... Don't you know a good drift when you see one? Man. That's world-class drifting right there. There we go again. That was perfect. That deserves a fish. 
In fact, every cast I make deserves a fish. I don't understand what's going on. These should be fish. Look at that drift. I know you can't see it, you can only hear me, but trust me, it's, it's perfect. There, there's not much else you can do to make that any more perfect. Rookie, you stay. Rookie, stay. I don't want her walking in the water right where I'm with a fish. So I have a tendency to scare those fish away. Man, oh man, I'm gonna tell you what. If you guys are out here watching me cast, you would say, man, that is a perfect cast. And then you'd say, why isn't he getting fish? And I'd say, I don't know. Because I'm fishing over some very fishy water right now. And in fact, um, I, last spring I came out with uh, a couple of friends to go fly fishing. And we fished this exact water and we pulled a couple out of it. Fish were about 16 to 18, I believe. Nice rainbows. I'm gonna cast a little longer here. Uh, can't manage my line over multiple currents too easily here. The way I'm positioned and the way the currents are. I'm really stretching my skill level right now. Although, you would like to think that my skill level is great with what I was just telling you. <laughs> but that's all right. All right, well, I want to come back over here. Where'd Colin go? Oh, he's back down where I originally caught that fish. Um, that brown run down when he came to meet me. So, he's not stupid. And who knows? What, what water is good and productive and what's not. I'm going to try his water again before I go down to him. The sun is, has actually gone behind the canyon walls now and is uh, making things a bit chilly. I'm well insulated with uh, clothing and uh, turkey day dinners. And, but I'm here to tell you it's starting to get chilly. And my wife is sitting on a reading a book and there's no sun there now so I think we better quickly call it a day. I'm going to fish this section here see if I can get a fish and then uh, go warm her up. We have some hot chocolate and we brought, bought some sandwiches. We forgot to make a lunch before we left. We were so excited to get out today. About a two-hour drive for us from uh, where we live north of Denver. Oh my gosh, this is gorgeous water. There's got to be fish that have moved back into here since Collins fished it. Man, oh man, this is good looking water. It's about, I'd say, three feet deep, four feet deep, and uh, over dark, uh, dark boulders and dark uh, moss. Um, 
and the current's just perfectly even and slow coming behind this boulder. Uh, it's kind of a I'm casting into the V wake uh, of the water coming behind this boulder, and it's just just a beautiful area to fish. I'm gonna just ease myself out here. I've given about 10 casts in one area now, so I'm thinking that it's probably okay to move into where I normally would fish. There we go. It's getting cold enough now without the sun uh, hitting the uh, stream that my guides are starting to ice up. So that's another thing you got to worry about fishing in the winter in Colorado is it can be uh, 12, 14, 15, 17 degrees, something like that, and really warm because the sun's hitting you, but the, the temperature in the air is much cooler, and uh, your guides will tell you, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm freezing up here, and you don't know it's that cold out. So, now I'm getting some good drifts. Why aren't I getting any fish? Doing good drifts and I'm making good casts. I should be rewarded. Why aren't I being rewarded? And why are other fly fishermen on the stream looking at me so funny, like I'm talking to myself? <laughs> I wonder what they think. I should have a little red light on top of my hat that says on air, on the air, so they know I'm recording. But you can't see your own recorder. It's got it hidden. I've got it safely stowed. Uh, so that uh, I'm not going to get it wet and, and lose it. Global Fly Fisher, as an entity, has probably donated more electronic equipment to uh, the fishing gods than anybody associated with the Global Fly Fisher website. I should be rewarded with big fish all the time because we have given to the fishing gods like nobody's business. Well, I've casted enough. And I know my wife is being extremely patient today, and she's probably freezing her, her little fingers off, turning the pages on her book. So this is the last drift, and as I drift through, I'm going to reel this in. Oh, I thought I'd get one. You know, last cast of the day, so to speak. I thought I'd get one. All right. Well, this has been uh, Steve Schweitzer with the Global Fly Fisher. I'm recording another podcast on my uh, break from school. I hope you enjoyed uh, fishing with me today in uh, the Cheeseman Canyon near Deckers, Colorado, on the South Platte River. Um, and if you have any questions or comments uh, on how to fish this river, um, please uh, drop an email. At the bottom of the page where you download this podcast, you'll see a comment form. I'll check that from time to time. Uh, but I'd be happy to help you if you ever get in the area. Um, just send me an email. I'm happy to help you along. So, again, uh, thanks for joining me today on this Global Fly Fisher podcast.